0: Good evening and a very warm welcome to you all for today's podcast brought to you of course by Equine Devils Advocate. It's been a very wet and muddy December day so we are now broadcasting to you from evening stables as there is such a lot to do during the day and the days are so short but it won't last much longer thankfully. Now today's podcast is of course the follow-up edition to our specialist topic question, which was, of course, Cerebrates and Racing. Now, as we are a platform for debate and discussion, specialist topic questions are put forward by our listeners, and follow-up day is, of course, when we go over your correspondence. Now, let me tell you, today is a very interesting follow-up day. There is much to discuss. And in terms of correspondence, there was zero, none, nada, zilch. How very interesting, we thought. Because it seems that the mutterings we sometimes hear about racing is possibly, well, what can I call it? How to give a title to the frail... Opinion that carries no weight, the empty musing of the odd individual. The best way, perhaps, to describe this current trend, recreational outrage. Yes, let's call it recreational outrage, the scourge of social media. Does every sense of outrage fall into this category? Well, of course not, as some things are genuinely outrageous. But some topics, like racing, are plucked from a multitude of topics and flung into the public domain with this emphasis of outrage. But by whom? Usually the uninitiated. Those who thrive on recreational outrage. Inevitably, it is a big, empty noise. And when offered a civilized way to discuss, ask questions and give a valid perspective, they decline this offer. And why? Perhaps because the platform actually offers some direction to a solution. A solution that some have absolutely no interest in whatsoever. Why? Because a solution does not feed their need. It does not feed their need and fuel recreational outrage and so it appears that racing horses is in fact exactly that the perfect fodder for those who relish recreational outrage what a strange world we live in but hey let's go ahead let's explore the industry somewhat anyway It would, in fact, take forever to really delve into it from a grassroots level up. So let's take an objective overview. Is it a world without flaws? Of course not. Find one that is. That would be a miracle. Is it a numbers game? Absolutely. Yes, in some sense it is. Is it a quick-fire industry? Again, yes flat race horses are bred to mature very early and the best colts retire at three years old. Is it reasonable to suggest that each foal born will be a superstar? Well, of course not. There can be, after all, in each race, only one winner. Now, national hunt horses, or I think actually in the States you call them steeplechasers, have a little more longevity as they start their careers later on this side of the world, hurdling the smaller fences at at three years old. And then at four years old, they go to the bigger fences. They can actually also start up four and run in what's called national hunt flat races as an introduction and education. These are run on the flat over two miles, after which they can then go jumping. Their career is expected to last until 12, 13, possibly even sometimes 14 years of age. And also there does seem to be a divide between people's attraction to flat racing and national hunt racing. There are those that have a passion for the speed of the flat and it is true the prize money is far greater. Then there are those who find their passion in the versatility and stamina and dexterity of the jumpers it holds a very different appeal. And what are the people that actually work in the industry? What makes them tick? Why do they do it? Well, that I can tell you. It is simply passion and community. Racing, you see, becomes your family, your friends and your way of life. You are in a world where people understand you, support you, and empathize with you. They completely identify with your passion, and they know if you did not have that passion, that love, and their respect for these thoroughbred horses, you would not be there. It would not work for you. Is there in this world unforeseen tragedy, Well, yes, absolutely there is. And I would be lying if I said I had not experienced it firsthand myself. But not one person in the racing community would not wish with all their heart and soul that it had not happened. They feel your loss and sorrow just as much as if it were their own. And always, always, there is an inquiry a way to try and identify the cause. What happened exactly? Why did it happen? Is there a responsibility to accountability? Do changes need to be implemented? Have we somehow overlooked the most important aspect, the one of paramount importance, which is, of course, the welfare of our horses? Because without the horses... We are nothing. Now, the racing industry in the USA employs somewhere in excess of 400,000 people. Is it reasonable to think that they are all decent people with sound moral values? No, that is somewhat naive. Anywhere in the world, one can identify with the dark side of people's morals, and intentions within a chosen collective number. But are they ultimately successful? I personally strongly doubt it. And in the community sense, word travels really fast. Things do not stay hidden for long, and the truth will out. The flaws in truth in racing lie within the people not the sport and of course let us not overlook the fact that racing in this country alone generates billions of pounds in revenue I believe it's somewhere in the region of 3.45 billion and I did find something that suggested it was in the region of 40 billion in your country so is racing just going to fall by the wayside fold, close, be replaced on a whim very doubtful in fact a naive concept in the extreme but there are differences there are fundamental differences in method and training and care of these racehorses between our countries you see over here we do not train on tracks our horses, flat and jumpers alike, are trained at home on private training establishments with their own facilities, their own gallops, mostly with some sort of incline and perhaps one bend or turn. We transport our horses to the racecourses on race days or slightly before and then bring them home afterwards. Our horses do get to graze in hand daily and some do indeed get individual turnout. We don't have dirt tracks over here, most of our race courses are in fact on grass. We do have some all-weather tracks in which they are used for flat races in the winter but mostly flat horses run in summer and have winter off and jumpers run through the winter and have summer off to avoid jumping on hard ground and also i think in reality for racegoers and people to have something to look forward to during our least a favourite time of year we do not time our horses in their work in fact training is more centred around interval training they will gallop twice a week on average as a rule and are only pressed for a furlong or so you see the principle is Do not leave your race on the gallops at home. These horses have easy days. Some walk around the village sometimes and always they have access to water treadmills, horse walkers, swimming, and other therapies, massage, for example. And interestingly enough, for us, staff and horses are matched. The horses allocated to us, to our care, well, They are yours. Where they go, you go. And this is so that we can know them, so that we can know their character, their likes, their dislikes, their habits. Have they eaten? Have they drunk water overnight? Have they slept? Are there the same number of droppings? Are they bright, clean-limbed, alert, and perky in the morning? All these things are our responsibility. And possibly, with that responsibility, comes the opportunity to be a fundamental asset in the life of a superstar. And now, what of the effect of these amazing horses on humanity, of Seabiscuit, or any exceptional racehorse that captures the hearts of people all across the world, from all walks of life, Red Rum, Citation, Farlap, Desert Orchid, Secretariat, Frankel, Black Caviar. Look at any one of those horses and just listen to what people say about them. Take stock of exactly how amazingly they penetrate hearts and minds, not just with their genius, but with their character and individual personality. Hear people describe how exactly they felt when Secretariat stopped in his tracks in the paddock and looked them right in the eye. Listen to those that knew personally Seattle Slew. Take stock of how they described him. You see, this is when you really get to understand horses. When you have the opportunity to look in their eyes and have a glimpse of not just what they are, but who they are. And perhaps a very fitting example of leading the way, leading by example, shall we say, from the front, a more modern role model, a horse called Run Happy, a drug-free horse, a brilliant horse owned and trained by people who did not fall prey to the pharmaceutical influence and in any part of his career. They upheld their moral value and showed the world that with the help of this fabulous racehorse, how unnecessary that route is. Now, in terms of the flaws, let me tell you, it took me minimal absolute minimal effort and seconds to find a way of turning words into constructive actions. I found the Horse Racing Integrity Act, a bill put forward to Congress to establish one governing body, just as we have in this country, the British Horse Racing Authority. It is a way to establish uniformity of rules and regulations across the board a way to regulate and stringently test for the use of drugs just as we have done from what i understand and found out of racing in america there are something like 38 states that have a racing jurisdiction and all of them set their own rules they all choose what are described as permissible medications and they all offer different levels of testing so in other words the use of drugs surely this has to be completely undesirable in every sense of the word for the horses first and foremost but also for the sport itself what does it achieve actually nothing but accidents and destruction so going back to run happy did his owners rest on their laurels steeped in recreational outrage whining and lamenting and blaming and making a big empty noise no they did not they acted from within the industry proudly and showing and proving that there is a way forward a better way and a successful way without the need for drugs. Maybe this is why Run Happy actually entered their lives in the first place. Yet another horse with the best people for him in his life. People who gave him the opportunity to shine, to highlight his brilliance and to show the world a better way Mm -hmm. forward. And so this bill The Horse Racing Integrity Act is a valid, viable solution. So get behind it, support it, back it, make it work. If you genuinely wish to create change, to improve the lives of these amazing horses, not just the superstars, but those who haven't had the opportunity to shine, those who are unknown, but are still full of give and bravery and run their hearts out, make this act work. Make it law. Use this bill to create a better, brighter future for all these horses that give us so much. Support the bill and give a little bit back. And why not? Let Run Happy be your inspiration. Let him be your motivation for change and not to fall victim to the scourge of recreational outrage. Let the name Run Happy inspire you to be instrumental in supporting changes to what you don't like. Let him be the reason you educate yourself, study, graduate, qualify and find your foothold a place from where you can make a difference and make improvements actually happen. Make them become a reality and a future for all. Be constructive and be proud of yourselves for doing so. And so, in conclusion, we say to you, Claire, from Michigan in the USA, go girl, go find your off the track thoroughbred and lead by example. Be the best friend you can be to that horse. Be the best owner you can be and be the best rider you can be and show everyone you can how great the thoroughbred horse is in every way. Show another avenue in which the thoroughbred horse can shine. And we say to you, when you go looking for your horse, Choose the one that chooses you. The one that looks you in the eye. The one that touches his nose to your neck and blows on you. The one that puts his muzzle in your hand. And then together, as a team, you too can lead by example and show how fabulous thoroughbreds can be in more ways than one. Because the truth of the matter is, when you do, others will follow. We do, of course, always welcome your correspondence. And um, yes, please do join us again on Friday for our Friday follow-up, which will, of course, include more of Dennis the Menace. And um, a follow-up correspondence from thoroughbreds that have inspired, surprised, or made you realize how utterly different they are. And I will say to you now, yes, we do have significant correspondence for that question. So we very much look forward to having you join us again on Friday. And so until then, wherever you are, whatever you are doing, take care. And we will, of course, speak soon.